Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Draymond Green Show. We are live on Amazon Amp. But as always, you can find all of our episodes wherever you get your podcasts at. Uh, also, you know, the videos will be on the Volumes YouTube channel. So you can always check it out there if you don't get it here on Amp. But we are live, and I hope you tapped in. Uh, the Nuggets just completed the sweep versus the Los Angeles Lakers um, on the Lakers floor, uh, headed to the NBA Finals for the first time in NBA history. And on the other side, we got a sweep happening. It's going on. <laughs> it's happening. Uh, the Miami Heat are up 3-0 to zero on the Boston Celtics. Now... Something that I found very, very, very interesting is, like, I think this is the third time in four years the Miami Heat and the Celtics are playing against each other. And that's really been back and forth. And so there's something to think about with that series, but we'll get back to that. Um, if you had either one of these teams winning the series, which some people definitely had uh, Denver winning this series, I don't think anyone had... Um, Miami winning the series. And saying that, if you did, there's no way you had it this way. Like, even the smartest of the smartest didn't have it this way. Like, there's just no way you had it this way. Uh, the Lakers getting swept and Miami sweeping Boston. Like, you just didn't, it didn't follow the script. How great have the playoffs been so far? You've heard me talk about all of these matchups, and it's only going to get better. If you're in a city that's still in it, you have to experience this for yourself. I know you've heard me say that, 
But I promise there is nothing like a playoff game live and in person. And game time is the way to get there. For last-minute amazing deals on tickets to your favorite NBA team, check out Game Time, the fastest-growing ticketing app in the U.S. And it doesn't stop with the NBA. Game Time has tickets to MLB, NHL, even concerts and comedy shows, too. Download the Game Time app and redeem code GREEN for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, download the Game Time app and enter code GREEN. That's G-R-E-E-N for $20 off. No matter where you live, get out and have some fun this week. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. We're talking scripts. <laughs> that definitely wasn't the script. So, for all the script lovers out there, burn, the script has been burned. Like, it definitely didn't follow the script. Um, no, but seriously, I mean, I'm shocked. Like, I didn't, I definitely thought that there was a chance that the Nuggets could win the series. Like, they're the number one, number one seed all year. Um, so you thought there was a chance, but I didn't think that they would sweep the Lakers. I'll tell you what, though, I knew, <laughs> I mean, obviously down 3-0, but even before 3-0, 2-0, I knew it was some trouble brewing. When I start seeing tweets like, Mo Bamba will be back. Like, Mo Bamba will be clear soon. Like, what? Like, listen, Mo Bamba's a good basketball player. <laughs> Take nothing away from Mo Bamba. But Mo Bamba has missed, like, the last four or five weeks, at least. And Mo Bamba has never played in the playoff game. Unless I'm just crazy, I don't think Mo Bamba has come near the playoffs. And so, like, to think that Mo Bamba was going to come back and be the savior, when I saw people tweeting, like, Mo Bamba expected that Mo Bamba going to be available, I'm sitting there looking like, no way this result, like, this is what this has come down to. Mo Bamba coming back? That has zero playoff experience. He's about to come back in the NBA Conference Finals and have an impact? Come on. Now, who did have an impact was Tristan Thompson. Um, Tristan Thompson came in. He gave complete energy. When I saw the the, the the Tristan Thompson ISO with a minute and 40 seconds to go in the third quarter, it was like, whoa. I got a lot of love for Double T. Draymond Green Show alumnus, NBA champion, works his ass off, always have, got nothing but love and respect for Double T. But when I saw the ISO with a minute and 40 to go, I'm like, yo, Come on, like, now, from there, Double T went on to do what he does. You know, he rebounded, he made energy plays, um, and ones off drop-off, defended. Uh, the one possession really stuck out to me where he stopped and then got back and forced the, he forced the uh, air ball from Joker. He had another play where Brown ended up getting a foul on Jeff Green on the offensive rebound. Jeff Green was offensive rebounding where he played great defense. Like, he brought great energy to the floor. And Tristan Thompson is like, like, there's, like, he's a part of the much bigger problem in the NBA, which is, like, you just watch Tristan Thompson for all the five, six minutes, uh, maybe eight to nine minutes in this game. And, like, you can't tell me that guy is not a serviceable NBA player on 20 other teams in the NBA. 
and yet he spent the entire year not on a team. When you got teams struggling with leadership, struggling with veteran presence, struggling with people with winner's mentalities, and, like, you had that guy sitting the entire year, that is actually a huge problem in the NBA. It's why we see a lot of the things we see um, as far as, like, off-court issues because there's no veterans. There's no veterans showing these dudes how to move, showing them the way. So you think you're just going to go young and you think that's just going to work. Like, that shit don't work. And so Tristan is a part of a much larger issue in the NBA. Like, we, like, come on. And, like, let's... After this season, free agency will start July 1st. No one will be calling Tristan Thompson's phone. But you'll be employing these bums. It goes back to the conversation that DeMar and PG was having on PG's podcast uh, maybe this week or last week when they were discussing Bron's tweet. And I, I agree. Like, there are so many dudes in the NBA that don't know how to hoop, that suck, that don't love the game of basketball, all of that. And, like, then you got, like, a Trishan Thompson who's serviceable. You know what you're going to get. Going to rebound on both ends, going to defend, going to screen, going to die. That's what you get it. There's teams that can use that. And then also you tack on the veteran presence that teams that need that. So that was... Um, my thoughts on that, uh, something that happened uh, when, when Tristan got the and one, like no one, Tristan was hyped, like nobody else on the Lakers was hyped. And like that's not some issue where it's like, yo, they don't bang with Tristan, like let's not be messy. That was more of like they didn't believe anymore. Like you could see they didn't, they didn't believe, like the spirit wasn't there. Uh, Bron came out, man, 40, um, I think 11, 10, or 10 boards, nine assists, and 31 in the first half, and he was gassed. Um, he left it all out there in the first half, had nothing in the third quarter, and in turn, that was his point. Like, they were up 15, right? Remember we discussed they need a heavy dose of Bron pick and roll, LeBron on the ball, of Brian making everything happen. But let's face it, the reality is this guy's 38 years old in his 20th NBA season. How much of that can he really give you? So then you need Anthony Davis to take the game over, right? Like, that's, like, because Brian can only give you so much of that at 38. And, like, AD didn't. Um, AD, to me, looked gas. Uh, Brian looked gas. That team has been on a playoff run for three months. Since the trade deadline, they've been on a playoff run, like, chasing the playoffs, trying to get there, climbing uphill. Uh, it was very similar to us. Like, I think back to, like, January where we're like, yo, we can really make a push for the playoffs right now. And, like, every – the whole way from then, it's like playoffs. Like, ah, oh, let down this game because we could have put ourselves in this position, let down that game, ah. Oh. And, like, so, so that team looked gassed. Um, they looked exhausted. They looked like they didn't believe anymore, but they looked – Absolutely exhausted. Um, Brian, like I said, had the incredible first half, and 
it was just nothing else there. I thought um, Schroeder did a great job in the second quarter of once he picked up that third foul of, of continuing to defend and not picking up another foul. That was a huge reason why they had the 15-point lead. Uh, Schroeder was doing a really good job defensively. And no, he wasn't going to lock Jamal Murray down. Like, you're not locking guys down. Uh, by the way, for all of y'all out there that was like, oh, man, the Lakers lost and Draymond won't do a podcast. Like, I play for the Golden State Warriors. Some of you people are so pathetic in, like, the beliefs you allow yourself to believe. And I can absolutely understand why life don't be so great because the beliefs that you allow, like, to enter your mind about someone else really is a reflection of what you believe and think of yourself and, like, how you operate in things. So I thought that was a very interesting thing that people were like, oh, man, they lost, and, like, Draymond don't want to talk. He's hurt. Like, what? But actually, I'm on vacation and um, having a margarita, so cheers to all of you. Margarita made with Lobos tequila. Um, absolutely incredible. Um, but... Like I said, anyway, toast to all of you uh, that that was your whatever. However, a lot of people better be lucky I, I took the weekend off. It was actually my first weekend to have an off, like first weekend having like completely off since September, like no work. Like I know you all know like I do like a basketball, like that's my day job, but like podcasting this is a job too. And so like, I have not had a, a, a weekend off since September. So we took this weekend off. And Jackson kind of forced me to take the weekend off, which I was kind of pissed off about, but I let it ride. So y'all can blame this on Jackson, who probably didn't want me talking because he knew I had some things to say about them Boston Celtics. And boy, we still going to get to that. But anyway, back to the Laker game. Um, down the stretch. I was shocked that the Denver Nuggets didn't go back to that Jamal Murray um, joker pick and roll that they diced the Lakers up with in, at the end of game three. Uh, they didn't really go to that. They went to more of a set where uh, Murray was popping up top. Off, He was setting like a, um, a UCLA screen. For those of you who don't know, UCLA was famous for setting the screen up the lane. Like, so the guy goes up the lane line. He sets a back screen for the guy to come off on the lane line. And so they were setting that, and Joker was going to the post. Jeff Green was on the wing, and or Aaron Gordon was on the wing, and uh, Jamal was popping up top. And that's the play they went to down the stretch uh, that caused all kind of trouble for the Lakers. And when the Lakers needed most a stop, um, AD had a very tough time with Joker this entire series. And when they needed to stop the most, he had uh, AD ISO and he scored. Um, but he had a very, very, very tough time with Joker this series. And I spoke about that uh, at the beginning of this series, just talking about how moving AD away from the rim, Joker would be able to cause AD some issues. And when he did, he definitely caused AD some issues. Uh, I thought AD came alive later uh, in the game. So a couple big blocks, uh, a couple big offensive rebounds, drop-offs, uh, shots, uh, floaters, dunks, um, getting to the free throw line. I thought he really, you know, gave a push, a great push there towards the end, but a little too late because if he had that same force um, as Braun was rolling, they could have really extended that lead. They were up at 15 at halftime, got outscored by 21 points in the third quarter. And a bulk of that was just Braun off the ball and watching everybody else work because – Again, to do that for 48 minutes. Um, it's hard for someone of average age in the NBA. It's definitely hard for someone at 38. 
And so um, at the time, they needed that the most. Uh, when the game started getting away, they just, there was nowhere to pull from. So wh- when something like that happens, obviously they need Bron on the floor, but they, but Bron would have been better off getting like a minute rest here, two minutes rest there. What's the calculus as a coach? You're obviously not a coach, but what do you, if you're going into this game thinking about, can you get Bron some rest here and there? Like, is he, is he that much more effective with the rest? Is it worth it to get in the rest or is it worth it to be prim to be a little bit more tired, but at least on the floor doing his sort of micromanaging of the game? So, so what, so what you end up going up against is like, you also have players who are competitive as shit. And like Brian may be telling you, I'm not coming out of the game. And what you're going to do, you're going to sit him like that could create some, some like bump, bumping of heads. And if LeBron James said, I'm standing in the game, like you, you got to leave him in the game. Now, personally, a couple minutes of rest may help. Um, but it can go all the way wrong as well. And once you see a star going wrong, you can't then say, once they're on the run, well, actually, we're going to take Brian out now because uh, he looks like he needs a little rest. Well, they're starting to run now, and the only chance we have to stop that run is Brian eventually taking the game back over. Um, and like I said, there was just nothing there to draw from. Uh, I think another issue that they had is Aaron Gordon was active as hell. So whereas um, Braun was sometimes got our Aaron Gordon guarding Joker, guarding uh, Michael Porter Jr. at times, guarding Jamal Murray at times. Um, Aaron Gordon had a huge game after having some terrible games this series. Uh, very tough game, a few, ter- a few tough games uh, for him. The biggest game, he stepped up. Like the closeout game, that's the hardest game to win. And he stepped up. He hit three threes um, where they're playing off of him, total disrespect, and he knocked three of them down. Uh, down the stretch, he put so much pressure on their defense with his dives to the rim because you had to have Jamal, uh, AD and Brian in the action with Jamal and Joker. And then on the backside, you got Schroeder, you got Reeves. Um, I think you had Rui at one point. Uh, but my point is, you didn't have your size on the backside. So then on the backside, Aaron Gordon's diving to the paint and he's ending up like one time uh, he started diving to the paint. Schroeder kind of came off his body because he knew he was dead, so he was anticipating the switch. But it's one thing if that's Brown or AD he's switching with, it's Austin Reeves. So Austin Reeves switching there against Aaron Gordon, he's dead. And so that really hurt them, and his pressure on the rim put a lot of pressure on their defense because their two guys that can't protect the rim were in the action. So there's no backside help. And Aaron Gordon took total advantage of that. I uh, had a very big game, and um, those guys were able to put the uh, the, the Lakers away. Um, when I do these, I have this rundown for all of you who's checking this amp out, and Jackson sometimes has these questions on here. And one of the questions that Jackson has on here is, what do the Lakers do now? Um, it's interesting because you have Rui's a, a free agent, you got um, Austin Reeves as a free agent. Uh, I, I know for certain Austin Reeves is restricted. I think Rui may be restricted too. Um, I'm pretty sure they're both restricted. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he is as well. 
And so you got that. You got D'Lo, who's a, a free agent. Um, obviously, Schroeder's a free agent because he didn't. He signed a one-year deal. And as I said uh, some episodes ago, maybe during at the end of our series, like, Dennis Schroeder going to deserve to get some money? And it'll be interesting to see, like, if people would just follow that narrative of when he didn't take the contract with it. Because once you end up on a minimum, it's hard to get off. Like, in this league, it's hard to get off a minimum once you're on that. And the reality is he outplayed it severely. Um, like, dramatically outplayed it. But it's hard to get off. So another team just like, oh, we can we can wait around and probably get him on a minimum. And you're waiting on one team to jump. Quite frankly, I think he's very good for the Lakers. And Darvin Ham really, really, really trusts him. Really trusts him. And so, as you can see by the start tonight. So, um... They got some decisions to make. Where do they go from here? Uh, I think they're definitely being bring Rui back unless he gets some crazy offer sheet that makes it tough to match. I think they'll bring Austin Reeves back, but I think they'll want to lowball Austin Reeves, and I think if he gets a crazy offer sheet, like, can you then bring him back? If you don't bring those guys back, how much cap space does it open for you and does it allow you to go out and get someone, i.e. Kyrie Irving sitting on the sidelines again. Uh, can you get Kyrie? Um, if so, at what number, at what amount of years? Because those are some of the issues that Kyrie's going to be up against. Um, as we all know, Kyrie is a, a super max player. Kyrie's incredible. Uh, but, you know, the things have been the things, and, I'm sure people will answer those questions, ask those questions when deciding on a deal. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, I think, I know they'd love to have both of those guys back, but then if it's at the cost of like, oh, we can get Kyrie Irving and not, then you got to fill out the roster still. You still got Vando coming back. Um, obviously, AD and Bron. So we'll see. Uh, it's interesting for them as it is interesting for a lot of teams. Uh, it's going to be a very, I think, every time we say we're going to see a summer of a bunch of movement in the NBA, like no one moves. But I think this is going to be like a crazy active summer. Like it's just so many decisions to be made. And with these like salary cap spikes coming up and like, um, you know, new TV deals and super maxes being reached. I can see a lot of movement this summer. I uh, would not be shocked. I would be shocked if it's not a lot of movement. But like I said, it always happens that way. It's, uh, it's, anyway. I feel like it's more exciting with the movement for the or for the summer because there's going to be a lot of movement and it's going to be a lot of the big teams. Warriors That's have a lot of decisions to make. Lakers have a lot of decisions to make. Phoenix. Celtics seem like now they have some decisions to make. Two of those four teams are in the conference finals. It's not just like, oh, who are the big free agents going to sign to on these medium tier teams not to cast any dispersions but it's like the big players in the nba have huge decisions to make oh for sure and then you got teams like a dallas that have like superstar talent on their team that maybe weren't as good of a team or whatnot but like got superstar talent and always feel like you're one right piece away when you got superstars and so there's a lot of decisions to be made and i think because of that there will be a lot of movement um and it'll get interesting. We'll see what happens. But uh, anyway, that is it for the Lakers on their season. Um, and yeah, man, 
Denver punished them boys. God, get your brooms out. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. That's a wrap on that one. Now let's get into this Heat Celtics thing, because as you all know, I'm always watching the game within the game. Like, the game is cool, like, and it's fun, and it is what it is. But the game within the game, like, that's the fun part. And there has been some games within the game in this Boston-Miami series. Number one, uh, Grant Williams. (laughs) Grant Williams started talking crazy to Jimmy Butler. Grant Williams then got destroyed by Jimmy Butler, not only in game two where he starts talking crazy, but then Jimmy Butler is at you every time you end up on him. And it, it's not ending well for Grant. And you know, you know when you know it's not going well for something? After the game, Grant started talking about, man, my mama and my daddy taught me to do this and and I can't go back home with my mom. And, and I'm like, my man started talking about the morals and values that he grew up on. Like, bro, you just got dropped off by Jimmy Butler. Like, we didn't question how you was raised, my dog. And when I saw that, I said, whoa, this man is talking about what his parents taught him. Like, that, that, like, wow. And I respected the way he stood up, right? Like, they they were losing the lead. Um, energy was gone. Like he hit the tray and started talking crazy. 
as much as we all want to blame Grant Williams, that ain't Grant Williams' fault. Like, Grant Williams supposed to do that. Like, your dog's got to come, like, hey, feed off that, let's go. So, as much as we want to blame Grant Williams, like, yeah, bro, you're an NBA player, and, like, you was in the game, and you be talking big shit, Grant. So, like, when you do that, yeah, you do got to stand on that. And, of course, you're going to hear it. Like, ain't no passes. But, but you then need JT and JB to, like, come on now. Like, turn it into gear and cover your man. And when I saw JB after the game, they actually JB about Grant and poking the bear or whatnot. And he said, next question. To me, I'm like, oh, they done. Did I think it would be a 30-point blowout in game three? No, of course not. Like, but I'm like, yo, they done. He said, next question. They done. Like, even if, and, like, again, Grant Williams is his own man. You got to stand on your own two feet. But in JB's situation, even if, like, you still ride with your man, be like, hey, he started talking. Jimmy Jimmy, had, Jimmy played well. Like, it is what it is. We, we got we to do what we got to do to win. You can't next question it, JB. Because that was the mentality that their team took on in game three. Like, next question. Next game. Next play. This is it. Like, that's the mentality. And so you can't necessarily do that. And again, not that it's JB fought that, <laughs> that Grant started getting dropped off. Grant, that's on you. You, you got to cover for yourself. You start talking. But you could tell that there was more there once that happened. And I'm sure Miami, he saw that. And it looked like they feasted on it. Uh, Duncan Robinson made every play for like a four-minute stretch. Assist, drive, kick out assist, drive, lob to Bam, Tracy, layup. Another layup. He made every play for like a three, four-minute stretch. And it's going to get interesting because, you know, people was talking about Duncan Robinson contracting. Like, people watching this series, like, they're going to move on Duncan Robinson. Like, Duncan Robinson just created value for himself again. So kudos to Duncan Robinson, man. Um, staying in the fight and, and playing a great game with 22 points. Gabe Vincent. I played against Gabe. Gabe Vincent is playing like the Gabe Vincent that played against us, uh, Team USA, when he was playing with Nigeria, and they beat us in the exhibition game, and they act like they won a gold medal. Uh, Mike Brown was coaching them, and we were all out of shape trying to get in shape. We had like two days of practice, and then we scrimmaged against them. Anyway, them boys was balling for Team Nigeria, and they beat us. And Gabe Vincent, the way Gabe Vincent was playing in Team Nigeria, that's how Gabe Vincent is playing for the Miami Heat. And he is playing well, creating a bunch of value for himself. I am sick of the uh, the undrafted players. Like, stop disrespecting them dudes, man. They tie their shoes up like everybody else. They get paid to play this game like everyone else. Whether you was drafted one or 60 or undrafted, once you get between the lines, what are you doing between these lines? And we've seen number one picks be bust. We've seen number two picks be bust. We've seen number 30 picks be bust. So, like, stop with the whole undrafted thing, man. I'm sure those guys get tired of hearing that because I get tired of hearing it. Like, all right, they were undrafted. Like, great. I understand, like, 
it's probably like the underdog story, right? Like, I get it. But like, they were the AC and they almost lost both playing games. That is enough underdog story in itself. They getting it out the mud. And you gotta get them guys credit, man. Jimmy Butler, um, Bam out of Bayou, they they doing it. Now, back to the games with Denny Game. Jimmy Butler with the timeout celebration and Al Horford was hot. And I thought that was hilarious because Al Horford, I'll never forget, Al Horford did my flex on me when he got an and one when they came back in game one. And what did I do? I politely gave it back in game two. But, like, guys don't like when you talk, when you dish back what they give. You know what I'm saying? So Al Horford, like, be sneakily talking shit and, like, mocking people in the celebrations. And Jimmy hit him with the timeout joint. And he was ready to fight. That's what it looked like he was ready to do. He started walking towards Jimmy. Uh, I thought that was hilarious. That was hilarious. Because, again, you can't get mad when you dished it first in game one prematurely. And then somebody dished it back. And it ain't going so well. And you get mad. Can't do that. So I thought that was funny. I saw a clip today, and I don't know if it was real. There's so many AI-generated things today. You can never be so sure. But I saw a clip where they said Marcus, They said it was Marcus Smart saying to Jimmy, stop talking. We beat y'all last year. We beat y'all last year. Stop you talking the whole game or something like that. And, again, I don't know if that was AI-generated because I can't see Marcus Smart's face. Like, I don't know if Marcus Smart's really saying that or not. But if it's not AI-generated, like, you like, we all talk about the past. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'll hit somebody with a four. Like, Clay hits you with a four in a heartbeat. <laughs> like, so we all gonna like talk about the past. But I don't know if you can say, man, you need to stop talking. <laughs> like, you almost asking for a way out. No, Marcus, like, dive in that because that's what you be in. So it ain't no stop talking. No, I'm going to stop you from talking some type of way. I can't ask you to stop talking. So I don't know, man. I think these little games within the game, for me, have been fun to watch. And the Celtics quit last night. They definitely quit. Um... And I'm going to be quite frank with you. I don't expect much more tomorrow. Like, they just ain't got it. Like, they, they ain't got it. Like, the fight is gone. And so I don't really expect much more tomorrow. And, like, watch they'll win the game and be like, we saw the set it. <laughs> I don't expect much more tomorrow. Um, they quit. Uh, Miami went and took their heart. And now, remember earlier in the show, I was saying, like, the last three, four years or something, like, Miami lost to the Celtics last year and was supposed to win, like, seeding, from a seeding perspective, and they lost. And so it had me thinking more of, like, what are the real gaps in between teams in the league? Because that's a team who, Miami, if I'm not mistaken, was number one seed last year, and they lost to the Boston Celtics. 
Jackson, what did they lose in that series? They lost in seven because Jimmy took that three, the transition three at the seven. end. Yeah. Oh, yes. Jimmy missed the shot, right? Jimmy missed the shot. Yeah. And so, like, you think about that, right? Like, they lost in seven. Jimmy had a three to win it. And, like, they right back here and they're dominating them. Like, there's not a huge gap in between those two teams. It's really not. And the other time they played in the playoffs was in the bubble, and that was also very, very competitive until the Heat sort of took over at the end. And and, and Bam got the the block. The Bam block, exactly. Yeah. So, like, there's not some huge gap in these teams. You get caught up in a regular season record. But these teams been battling now for years. There isn't some huge gap. So it made me just, like, take a step back and, like, question or, like, not question, but just dissect, like, the parity in the NBA. And the crazy thing is with the new CBA, it's going to be even more. So you all want a parody. I know some of you all are going to be upset that it's a Denver-Miami Heat final. Because <laughs> all the people that you used to see in there isn't there. And the people that you may want to see ain't there. But I'm going to enjoy that final because I think it's going to be a good one. But yeah, Boston done. Before we get out of here, um, Carmelo Anthony announced his retirement today. And I am, number one, I want to say congratulations on the job well done, career well done. Um, incredible athlete, incredible basketball player, and even, uh, but, but an even incredible, more incredible man. Um, you know, what, what Melo came into this league as, braids, baggy clothes, um, Huge entourage, and what he grew into is admirable. Um, just the leader that he blossomed in, into, I respect. Got a lot of love for. I've watched Melo since I was 11 years old, playing at Oak Hill, and then on to Syracuse, and and then on to the Denver Nuggets. Um, and I was lucky enough and blessed and honored to have an opportunity to compete with him in, a, in an Olympics and win a gold medal. Uh, one of the greatest USA basketball players ever. Um, and obviously, you know, one of the top talents in NBA, NBA history. Um, one of the greatest scorers in NBA history. I uh, want to, like I said, number one, I want to say congratulations, but number two, thank you. Um, for me, having an opportunity to play with Carmelo Anthony and win a gold medal with Carmelo Anthony, who I watched growing up, like, that's a surreal moment for me, one that I never thought I experienced in a way um, that you embrace me. Um, I can't thank you enough. Uh, what you brought to the game, special. One of the special talents that we've ever been able to witness. And job well done. Uh, I saw the ad to your son or the message to your son. I won't call it the ad because that's real. Uh, to Cayenne, and man, that's incredible. Like, that's what we do it for. Like, you want to talk legacy? There's my legacy. Like, that's me. That's, like, that's my seed. Like, so you want to talk legacy? There's it. There it is. And I thought that was so special, man. So special. But let me tell you, because you can't say it yourself, your legacy is one of the best to ever do it. That's what the legacy is. You know, they'll try to say championship this. And as a guy who's won championships, trust me, I'm big into that, but championship ultimately don't define whether you were great or not. Carmelo Anthony was great. 
Carmelo Anthony superstar. Carmelo Anthony, first ballot Hall of Famer. So you won't talk about the legacy. You'll say, here's my legacy. It's my son. But I'm going to tell you, your legacy is one of the baddest dudes to ever lace him up, come through this league, put that ball in the, in the basket like no other. One of the toughest players I ever had to guard. I'll never forget playing the uh, New York Knicks and David Lee was suspended. So I played a little more minutes and Carmelo got the ball on like the mid post kind of the block. Like and he's faced up, boom, two dribbles into me, boom, boom. Missed the shot. He's like, that's a fucking foul to the ref. Ref didn't call the foul. We got the rebound. We went down. He came back the next play, went to the same exact spot, did the same exact move. Boom, boom. Made sure he got the foul. I'm like, man, what is this? Like, come on, man. Like, this dude just did the same exact move to me, like, to make sure he get the foul call. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I fouled him a little bit. Like, don't trip. But like, he was going to make it a point. Like, and what I took from that is, like, <laughs> like I'm not just going to miss this shot. You think I'm going to just miss that shot without getting fouled? Like, and that taught me something about confidence in the NBA, like that moment right there. Like that was early in my career. And it taught me something about like being great and confidence. And uh, man, the opportunity to compete against Carmelo Anthony. Like I said, a guy I grew up watching. Honor, brother. Job well done. Congratulations. And the legacy is one of the greatest to ever do it. They can't take that away from me. That's a wrap on this episode of the Draymond Green Show. Until next time, peace. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.